little bit weirded out tonight because I'm in my recording booth and the sound is really strange because the dimensions in my room have gone really odd. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can just about hear this. Only very quietly. It's all got a bit strange in here too. I'm in a little box. Oh dear. I, I can't believe this. We've come on. Hello? Yeah, Hello? I, I can hear you. You're very... You're very quiet. Very, very tiny. I can't believe this has happened tonight when we're coming on to do our recording about our flatline rewatch. It's almost like it's been planned. Maybe. Yes. Insert sound effect here. <laughs> Hey, that's better. Are. I can breathe again now. Hiya, Jeff. How you doing, mate? Yeah, All good. Right. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a funny old day today. Yeah, well, the tran you know the, the the dimensions have transcended the internal, external, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we should uh, just crack on with the yeah. uh, crack on with the show. <laughs> so, if, if anyone's still listening, we're here to They're uh, probably not now. They've no, probably, probably, probably lost gone. our audience yeah. in one fell swoop. Yeah. Um, so we're here tonight to look at Flatline. So a couple of weeks yeah. ago, we ran another poll. Um, Paul and I discussed a couple of our favourite Twelfth Doctor episodes. Yeah. And we put out a poll to see which one people like the most and which one uh, they wanted us to rewatch and um, discuss again. And the winner was Flatline, wasn't it? <gasps> yeah, it was Flatline. It was it. It was a bit of a close one again, wasn't it? People have really got their favourites when it comes to these, and they will defend them to the death. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't, what else did we put up for? Oh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look at it now, aren't I? Yeah, I'm going to have to... Because I, I, I do have Twitter open just now, but then it's probably like half a mile down the profile mm, feed. I've got the comments of the episode about... All but, um... sorts of stuff. Because we had our really popular Kevin McNally chat, yep. which generated an enormous amount of love onto our Twitter feed. Uh, so thank you, everybody, who's been looking at that and listening to that one. Yeah, I hope you've been um, enjoying it. And also the Sam Spool be... one, which came out recently oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, that as well. That was awesome. Yeah. Do you know what? Because it's, it's been a while since we recorded that Sam Spruill, but I listened mm. to the podcast the other day, and the thing that got me was was hearing his voice over the yeah. audio again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just guessy, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah no, just as soon as he starts speaking. Honestly, such a such a good session. That was really enjoyed that. Here it is. So we put in Flatline, obviously. Um, Magician's Apprentice, from which is familiar. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favourites. Yeah. And we put in Face the Raven and Pilot. And the scores were in last place. Actually, it was leading for ages, was Face the Raven. Um, came in at last place with 20.4%. That was followed by Pilot in third place, which came in at 24.4%. Oh, wow. We had The Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar, which came in just nicked above Pilot at 25%. And then Flatline, which came in at a whopping 30%. That's, it so is that really suddenly close, took a last-minute mm. lead. It was it was neck and neck for ages, wasn't it? It was like watching a Grand National, and then it all <laughs> fell at the final hurdle. People might notice there's quite a strong Eclara uh, 
lean in, in those episodes. Clara. I don't, mm. I don't remember Clara. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Jeff is a big Clara fan. I am a big Clara fan, yeah. Massive. And um, rewatching Flatline made me... Don't ever say anything bad about Clara yeah, when if, Jeff um, is in the room. If our friend Katie, uh, who's at Space Rose, is listening, she... Uh, she was still friends despite yeah. her dislike of Clara. <laughs> One day that. she'll realise her error. Of she's her wrong. Yeah, she's wrong. Um, but yeah, rewatching Flatline reminded me uh, how much I like Clara. Um, so we don't need to go through the episode in in detail, but um, essentially, why not? Well, because I'm assuming that most people listening kind of know it quite well. Mm. But to uh, summarise it, uh, the Doctor and Clara are in the TARDIS uh, as usual at the start, and Clara notices that the door um, has become tiny, um, and uh, they try to uh, they land the TARDIS, and and they're in. Well, she's she's wanted to go somewhere, isn't she? And they end up in Bristol, which is not where she, she wants to go. She wants to she wants to go and and have some some drinkies with with new boyfriend Danny Payne. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and they're they're having a little conversation, aren't they? Her and the Doctor about the whole Danny Pink thing, and Clara leaving. Carrying items of um, apparel between the TARDIS and wherever she's living with yeah, Danny. Yeah, because Danny stage. doesn't. She wants to dump some stuff around his gaff. So, yeah. And she's got some stuff in the TARDIS, and the doctor's like, he's not very interested. He's like, yeah, I stopped listening ages ago. Yeah, he. he um, well, Danny thinks that she stopped travelling in the TARDIS, doesn't he? he oh, that, yeah, that's he, it. He's not yeah, aware of that. Yeah. And the doctor. Clara says that he's okay with it, yeah. and the doctor finds out actually you haven't even told. Yeah, him he cottons really. on quite quickly, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. So there's a yeah there's a little bit of kind of relationship drama there, and then they discover that the door has shrunk. Uh, so they land the TARDIS. And they... That can I just say is one of those great Doctor Who moments that we see peppered throughout the series since 1963, when uh, an acquaintance of the Doctor goes, Doctor. And they're sort of looking at a thing, and then yeah. dun, 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 the drama happens, yeah. Yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, I love the fact they did that. It's very Doctor Who. It's, it's really good. And then what? one of surely the best visuals we've had across any of the series. Oh, but, steady you know, now. The, the shrunk TARDIS and, and Capaldi trying to get out of it. <sighs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to stop there at Shrunk Tardis, and then I I was going to do my gatekeeper thing of reminding you, my friend, that Legopolis also featured at Shrunk Tardis. Did you see anyone climbing out? But we didn't have Tom Baker's face looking out of it. No, that's also brilliant as well, and his his hand coming out as well. So it it, it was sort of. it's just a, just a kind of bonkers idea. Uh, it's just Jamie Matheson's script, isn't it? And yeah. there's a lot of lot of great stuff in this episode. And, and strangely, it kind of reminded me um, mm. a, a little bit of Angel, the, the show, in a way. And I, and I oh, was, I remember Angel, the Buffy spin-off. That's right, is that which, what you mean? Yeah, it is, which, which I always really loved. And um, I, I bought, the, just as a little aside there, park it for a second, yeah. right? I bought the entire series of Angel on, on VHS yeah. back in the 90s or whenever it was. All of it. And I was up in my loft, and I found it all up there, oh, right. all wrapped up in its, its clean it. feel wrapping. Never. Oh. I mean, I saw I saw it when I was on TV, and I saw it, and I liked it enough to think, mm. yeah, I'm going to own all of this. And it was all on cheap at W. H. Smith or something, and I bought it. But 
just never got around to watching no. it. <laughs> well, I am. Um, I'm a big Buffy fan, as you know. I always felt that Angel was uh, was the stronger of the two shows, and I Did felt you? that Angel consistently yeah. was better every series. It's quite uh, interesting. And its right? final series was. I might was, get around to watching them if anyone's it's got all a cheap on, VHS player that, um, or just look for it on Disney Plus because it's on there. Um, yeah. But Angel was That's a show. <laughs> Angel was a show that started to. Um, kind of bend its its format a bit mm. toward, towards its latter part and there was an episode in the fifth series the final series where uh, Angel gets turned into a Muppet and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd think this is ridiculous but it's so clever and it's so funny and, and you just think there's not many shows that could do something like this, oh, and it's dear. done it, and it's done it brilliantly. And because, of course, it was magic and everything, so there was a reason behind it. So, of course, you know, yeah. this thing with the shrunk tide is kind of muppet. It, Some people it, don't need magic for that. No, they don't. Um, born a muppet, <laughs> but, but it's a bit like the um, musical episode of Buffy. You, you think that's that's oh, that good mad, oh, but it, that. but it's so good because it, it it still is about character and it still moves people forward and, and is about their emotion mm-hmm. and everything. So yeah, Flatline felt a little bit not felt like I should say reminded me a bit of Smile Time. That's that's the Angel yeah. episode, and it was just a bit of a you know a mad mad idea um, that that just worked brilliantly, um, and and also it was a really clever way of doing one of the old double bank episodes where uh, the Doctor is. Um, you know, you know, Capaldi is shooting has to do more on another episode. Whilst James, yeah. do, you know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're not that they have to get an episode out mm-hmm. by by teaming that you know Tuesday. Yeah. Get out by tea time. Yeah, so in the last like midnight is mostly mm. about ten, and because Tate wasn't uh, as as available and things like that. So uh, I think it's it's um it's filled with brilliant visuals and and the boneless the the alien um, entity in it. That yeah. they, they live in a in a two D world, don't they? Two D universe. Two D universe. And, yeah, and you get yeah. this sort of weird kind of paint running paint melting wax type effect of you know on the walls and you know you've got people trapped on the walls and in those kind of uh you know the guy at the beginning when he's screaming on the sort of the freeze on the wall yeah the pre-credit sequence and you don't realize what it is until the camera pans around and and Mm. aligns with it um so i thought all of that stuff was was really cleverly done and and the the boneless themselves that sort of weird rippling uh stuttery effect that they have on them when Mm. they become uh you know more 3d towards the end is is really well realized it's Uh, nice it's it's a great effect and mm. and going back to that thing about um the sort of flat two-dimensional um that what i what i really liked what what i hadn't really thought about when I first watched, because I've seen this episode quite a few mm, times yeah, now, it is, it is definitely one of my faves of series eight. It's one of the definitely one of the better episodes of that, in my opinion. But um, but I, I the, the 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 way okay, so we'd seen a lot of these kind of two D images with what what do they call it, trompe-l'oeil or something, right? Where where you paint on a pavement in yeah. such a way. Everything is all kind of stretched. You can only view it from one mm. angle, and when you look at it from that angle, it assumes a kind of three D perspective. Yeah. So it appears so you know. So you, you have like stairs going down the pavement, but obviously it's just a just a paint. I've always marvelled at oh, it's very clever, isn't do it? that yeah. sort of thing. Oh, it's amazing. So to actually bring that into uh, into a Doctor Who episode as a, a kind of unique alien device we, we'd never seen that no. before we'd, we'd never had 2d aliens it's such a great it's, great it really original is. idea there's a bit 
sort of like you're talking about there when they're in the um, train hangar and um, I, I can't mm. remember the guy's name. He's like 44 or something, isn't he? And and you you looking at him and he looks like he's frozen. Yeah, yeah. And then yes. the, the camera just moves a little bit and you realise like around. he he's been painted over the little draw unit and stuff like that. And so it's, uh, it's like right. what you're yeah. talking about and you you see yeah. that effect and it's it's like the um you know the door handle being flattened mm. and, and things like that. It's it's very yeah visually clever. It's it's really that, good. that's it. It's exactly that. It kind of plays because obviously we're watching it on a all on a two dimensional. TV screen anyway mm. it doesn't it just, the, the depth is just an illusion and there are the, the, the good thing I like about this is it could so easily be a one trick pony yeah. right it could just be well there's you know it could just be other ways of doing that same image that we had in the pre-credits but actually they, they go beyond that they, they you know Jamie Matheson wrote different ways to explore that two dimensional threat so we get um, we, we get the police officer kind of being sucked into the carpet almost yeah. right so and, and she's screaming as her leg is kind of flattening yeah. and being you know, pulled and I in I was watching that and I thought how have they done this there, there must have been something in the it must have been visual trickery my friend no, but she it's was, visual trickery sinking into the floor it was very well done anyway yeah it's probably I don't know Quantel or something no. <laughs> <laughs> they still got they still got an old Quantel machine from 1980 knocking around the back and they wheeled it out and said oh yeah we can do two dimensional images with this one let's give it a go it'll be great like I'll give it a go. We can make them all 2D like and it'd be good fun. We can put it in a Doctor Who episode or it could go in EastEnders. One of those anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yes, so they do they, they do the policewoman. We've got the guy sucked into his kind of um his his his, his what is it? It's like his, his picture rail or thing. something. Yeah. And and then we get that that kind of skin pattern in the background mm. of when Clara's investigating the the apartment with Riggsy and there's that skin and we don't notice it. We think it's just like a kind of funky oh, and, arty and also the, sort of thing. Um, the, the nervous system on the wall, as and well, then we get the nervous system thing. So gross. it's all like and 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 it's 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 all like different ways of delivering that that kind of idea mm. of, of two you know what else can we do as two diamond and then of course we get the um the murals in the tunnel which mm. everybody thinks they're just paintings of people and there's that kind of horror sink moment when 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 clara says they're actually when she realizes she they're will, yeah. the missing people that you know who, who, who are on the posters missing 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 and everything it's, it's brilliant i love the way it does that and then yes you're right we get the boneless finally Entering into the three-dimensional universe and assuming those kind of weird, freaky yeah. zombie and interference, really like, and yeah, you, and then it still continues to play on the idea as well, doesn't it? With the um, with the wheel, we see the yes. wheel that they have to turn on the door to get to escape them, and how they then use that against the boneless towards the end. Yeah, but I'm getting ahead of myself. It's no, no, it's stuff. it's, it's yeah, very like, clever. Like you know, it it takes um, each kind of trick each visual trick of the aliens you know it, it goes up a notch each time mm. you know they could have just repeated exactly. the same which is a good thing. way to keep an episode interesting it, it, isn't it, it is yeah exactly you know it doesn't get boring and it, and it really yeah i've said it already but very visually uh, interesting very nicely mm. done i thought so um what did you think of um well let's start with rigsy what did you think Riggsy? oh yeah he's all right isn't he? yeah, yeah. He's, he's good actually you know local, he's, um, lo- what's he local knowledge <laughs> 
Look, local knowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is quite rude of the doctor, yeah, we'll, really. But we'll then come, that's that's what he does, isn't he? Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll come on to that. I think. Are we going? Um, you've got that planned? If, if you've got like a plan of the episode or something? Uh, no, I'm just winging you, it uh, as we go. Top it up, but um, yeah, I, I like Riggs. For a second, um, you know, he he seemed like someone who was quite creative. You know, we see it again mm-hmm. when he he's back in uh, Face the Raven. He, he puts, <laughs> puts the graffiti on the on the TARDIS, doesn't he? You mm-hmm. know, the, the flowers and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but you know he, he's sort of slightly on the wrong side of the tracks. Maybe there's a metaphor there with the train. But you know he's he's essentially a good a good person, isn't he? Uh, he is unlike the um, the main the guy. Yeah. Oh right, God. Yeah. I mean, okay. Obviously, he's nasty, isn't he? he was nasty. Um, and also, I thought he was. Even though this episode is not that old, all of his love and mm. sweetheart stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't think you get away mm. with that quite so well these days. But then it, it suits the character, doesn't well, it? It, it does know, a little not, bit. It's not like we all don't know people like that yeah. in our lives. But I think we've all met somebody like that, either somebody we've worked with, somebody we worked for, you know, some somebody who just lives down the street from mm. us or goes to the same, you know, you know, another parent of some other kids at school or something. You yeah. know what I mean? There's always somebody yeah, like that in the world who just seems to make it their mission in life to upset the good well, karma of everybody I, else. I, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes, like, you know, you might get called something, you know, someone saying, oh, you know, when you go to the shop and, you know, the lady at the till says, oh, hello, sweetheart. And you think, oh, that's quite nice. You know, mm. they don't mean anything bad by it, and it's quite a sort of in, endearing type of thing. But then if it's, uh, you know, a, an older bloke to to a woman, you know, it's it can be a bit, you know. So, but he was obviously... I think also, it's, it's probably a generational thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. As, as, as a lot of these things probably are. You yes. know, the, old, the older people don't think anything of it. because no, that's, cause that was what they did back you know, then. They're just yeah. entrenched in those kind of yeah. language structures, and, really, and whereas I think, now we're challenging those. And just because that guy was so, such an awful, mean, yeah, mean character. I can't remember. You know. Was it George or something? Was it George? Was uh, it George? I only watched he, it last night. It was Matt with me. Uh, like, <laughs> you right, think I'd be able to remember, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> and then right at the end, you know, he's he's gone through all of this oh, yeah. and he's been saved, and he's just like, yeah, thanks a lot, and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, actually, he does seem pretty grateful. Yes, <laughs> in, but he, in his he, own in his own way. way but, yeah, he, he does. Yeah, but he, he still does. manages to throw a few insults, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, so you know, it was quite a nice contrast between him and Riggsy, and you know, mm. the the. Uh, I mean, Riggsy, uh, you know, we we don't sort of spend an enormous amount of more time with him across the the series, but you know, that guy is someone who's ended up in a you know bit of a. You know, probably thankless. Bit of a rut. Bit of a rut. Whereas, and and he's probably unconsciously resentful at Riggsy because he's someone who who could get out of this and and go mm. on to do something a bit better. And you know, Riggsy is creative, whereas this guy is, you know, having to cover it all up and and hide all that stuff away. And you know, so they're sort of like opposites of each other in that yeah, way. Yeah, they are. And I think also when you have someone who's an absolute monster like that, it makes the 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 good guys seem gooder mm. yeah. you know more more kind of um yeah yeah, yeah more sympathetic yeah, possibly so when was quite a strong force like that trying yeah. to pull them down all the time yeah i, I liked rigsy um it was a shame we didn't see more of him but you know as a yeah i thought he was going to come back at some point i mean he did obviously with face the raven yeah. but i thought he would have showed his face you know before a then a little bit more had all the makings of a of a doctor who's semi-regular yes he did yeah yeah so um, what did you think of of clara 
in this episode. <laughs> You've been waiting to get around in this episode, haven't you? What a... uh, she's um, she's really good in this episode. Actually, do you know what? I I I I do like Clara, but she does have some annoying habits and ticks. I find like the one in this episode, which she does a lot, and it's just a personal thing because it's just it's always always got me. But she walks around with her arms folded. Like that, you know, she walks down the stairs, her arms folded, and she looks at things and with her arms folded. Oh, really? And she bends down and looks at things that. with her arms folded. But I'll tell you what, what that goes back to, because it is a personal thing, is when I was a kid, I used to watch all the mums in the street do that. And I'm thinking, why do, why do people do that? Why do they walk around with their arms folded under yeah. their bosoms or something? You know, I, <laughs> I never do that. I would, I would never, maybe it is. I, I don't know. It just it always struck me as really weird. So when I see Clara sort of, you know, Jenna Coleman sort of walking around with with her arms folded like that, I just think it just takes me back to five years old in, in the street in the northeast and just watching all these mums walking around chatting with their arms folded. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I, I liked uh, Jenna in, in the show. I'm just going to sit back now and just let you wax yeah, lyrical let, while let I finish go, off yeah. the tea. Here we go. This, this is for, um, for Latour. Do, do you want me to play some romantic music yeah, you while do, you come yeah. out of this? Well, I'll tell you about the time <laughs> I met Jenna at the uh, 50th <laughs> celebration. Um, but I, I liked Jenna from when she first appeared as, as, uh, as Oswin. Um, but in Series 7, <laughs> she was yeah. admittedly more of a kind of puzzle element than a proper character. Um, yeah. But I liked how important she was to the Doctor and you know getting okay. splintered through time and, and saving him. And I, you know, I think it's fair to say she's she's the most important companion the Doctor's ever had. Um, and then it was really in Series 8 that she kind of yeah. came into her own. Um, and, and I know some people didn't like the kind of what they called mm. Dr. Clara thing, which this episode kind of played with. I like that. I thought yeah, that was really good. I did good, too, actually. because I quite like a you know, competent companion. Mm. Not that any of the others aren't, but, you know, in, in the, her arc, you know, she was able to really kind of stand up, take charge and, you know, take the place of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And actually, interestingly, I, I noticed that she said, uh, what would the Doctor do? At one point, yeah, I noticed that as which, well. I which like then, that. you know, yeah. maybe think of Yaz and, and Yaz, you know, writing yeah. it on her hand. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Jenna was brilliant uh, in this. Mm, yeah, you know, she com- is confident, really, really good. charming. You know, with a little mm. bit of a kind of bite to her as well. You know, slightly kind of. There is, know. but also I thought a kind of um, oh, vulnerability is the wrong word. A, a sort of um, okay, I'm going to do this now. Yeah, you know, almost a sort of nervousness, but a willingness to kind of go for it. Yeah. You can sense she's constantly thinking behind her eyes. You know, am I doing the right thing? Mm. I kind of wished, in a way, that we didn't have the running comment from the doctor um telling her everything because there's a few minutes right at the start of it when she's on her own and she is thinking and then the 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 doctor's interventions become more frequent when Mm. they get when you know when she and rigsy go to the flat and suddenly she's handed over control to the doctor again and uh, i thought that was a bit disappointing in some ways to be fair yeah i'll I'll come to that in a second because i just wanted to um detour for a moment and say yeah go on yeah yeah that i think jenna is is actually uh she's fantastic uh, an actress you know she was really Mm. good in victoria um and if if anyone listening and, and you as well paul haven't seen the cry that she was in uh, I, oh, I urge I, you to I, check it I out. Seen it. It, yeah. It's if uh, it, it's brilliant, and if you've got kids, mm. it's even more kind of uh, you know, harrowing. Harrowing, and uh, I, I'm staggered why she wasn't nominated for more awards in it. I, th- I thought she was absolutely phenomenal in that, um, and she was really good in the Serpent as well. Um, and mm. and um, she seems to sort of 
have moved into you know still quite high high profile stuff but to you know to prove that she can act and and isn't just sort of doing kind of you know light stuff like mm. doctor who not to say doctor who is is light and inconsequential but you know what i mean you know the cry it's is hardly shakespeare darling is it no and that's not a bad thing but the cry <laughs> the cry is you know massively massively mm. different for example um and but she's appearing in Sandman soon on Netflix, Neil Gaiman. Oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so that's got quite a good lineup. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure when that's out. Um, but yes, yeah, so I thought that um, there were yeah a few points here where the Doctor sort of took charge um, mm. again, and it would have been nice to have had her sort of figure things out on on her own. But you know, and and there was a lot of not a lot, but some kind of exposition dumps. There was a lot. Um, yeah, there was exposition throughout the whole thing. But now I'm just there putting, is I'm just putting that episodes. out there because yeah. you know <laughs> ha- it's not six hours. The whole, long the whole blooming thing is is yeah. completely exposition. So, I mean, it's done really well. To be fair, yes, it's you integrated know, I, I, into it well. But you know, but but it's just part and parcel of 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 what Doctor Who does. You, well, know? That's how you could be really does critical it. and analyze any episode and pull it out for that mm. sort of thing. But, but you know but, what? It's just you know how how would we have shown these things on screen? Mm. Without twenty seconds of exposition, we we don't have an unlimited runtime. Yeah, you know? ex- exactly. And I think that the problem is, I mean, okay, so if you've got time and loads of money, you can show and not tell. But mm. when you've got forty three minutes to get this story and make it as action packed as possible, whilst making it credible and having to explain an alien threat or having to show an alien threat and have people understand what the hell is going on, you do need someone to kind of explain the mm. stuff. And it is done well. I mean, there are episodes where it's done horribly and it stands out like a sore thumb and it's just awful. But that is not an exclusive thing to Doctor Who at no. all. You know, There are other shows that do it far more... Um, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm trying to think of a word, Jeff, and and it's. Um, I need some exposition to kind of help me out with this. But, <laughs> well, I, I always know. thought you know a, a bit of exposition is needed. I mean, in Austin Powers, I know it's taken the piss, but there's a character called Basil Exposition whose job is to <laughs> yeah, set things that. up because <laughs> you know you you can't spend twenty or thirty minutes with all this backstory. Well, He's there to thing. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, I think you can, but what you have to do is you have to trust your audience, and I think a lot of program makers probably, whether they trust their audience or not, I don't know, or if it's the studios. Like you know, I mean, a really good thing is uh, a really good example is is my favourite film of all time, Blade Runner, right? Which um, which kind of you know just there, there are so there are different cuts of Blade Runner, and the mm-hmm. one the studios wanted, the the studio insisted that there's some kind of voiceover narration or something. Um, on on the you know on on the film because they were convinced that audiences just wouldn't get it. Ridley Scott was like, "No, you're not doing that. That's, I'm not never <laughs> going to put it on my film." And the studio was like, "Well, we're paying you money, so we're going to put it on." Mm-hmm. And they got Harrison Ford to come in and do and do a narration. And Ridley Scott literally, you could see him on the on the on the Blu-ray. He's like, "Well, I, I gather some people like this, but I don't. So enjoy it if you must." Like he really <laughs> de- de- derogatory towards it. Yeah. And his cut doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Right. And arguably, which is better? I don't know. I prefer it without. To be fair, I'd, yeah. I'd rather make my own mind up. But I think if you're after showing something to a popular and you, if you if you want as many people to understand it and get it as possible, you have to tell at some point. Yes, you can't just you, you rely do. on the show. I, I think that 
but something I learned, maybe this was at uni or in a book I read, I don't know, but the, you have to treat the audience like they're stupid and you have to hit them over the head with information. Yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather they didn't do that, no, to be honest. No, and, and I, th- I was going to say, I think that's I think a bit of... Some people do probably take it quite literally. Yeah, that's a bit of a, a generalisation and, and stupid mm. is not the right word, but what you, you have, you, you know, you're putting something out there that's going to be watched by a lot of people and some people will have a greater understanding of how you know narrative can work and different structure and, and style and other people won't so you're trying to make something that's going to appeal to as many people as possible and i think a lot of time yeah particularly with with films and tv it's it's going out there and essentially the goal is to make money with it and if they <laughs> have a fear that something is uh, in impenetrable then you know they're going to take steps to make something, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's like the abyss. You know, there, there's a the director's cut of the abyss, which is better. Mm. You know, because it's it's longer, um, and it and it fills things in more. And you know, it's 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 uh, again, it's the time and money, isn't it? it yeah. You know, if you can show these things, if you can have those scenes that show rather than mm. tell, brilliant, perfect. But it, but it just you know, isn't always solution. possible. It's it's money. Mm. You know, sometimes the things that you're trying to tell you know character's backstory for example you you couldn't show it because it would just cost too much to do that Mm. story um and i was just going to say completely off topic but you know with the abyss where the hell is the blu-ray release (laughs) (laughs) i I wouldn't mind seeing that film again you know i I, I haven't seen it for years i haven't seen it i've got an american dvd of it which i can't watch anymore it hasn't come out on blu-ray it's never on Mm. telly uh and same with true lies uh, although I did catch True Lies on telly last year. That I was just, on at Christmas, wasn't it? I think it might have been. I just randomly searched one yeah, day yeah, I think to I'll, see if I I'll, could find I'll, it. Got it on my Skybox. Yeah, same. And I was sitting here and I said to my wife, mm. oh my God, True Lies is on next Sunday. True uh, Lies. I hadn't seen it for years. It's so good. So good. But um, maybe if Cameron is is uh, re-releasing Avatar later in the year, he might put those yeah, out. Yeah, well, he's, he's he's listening to our podcast, anyway. I'm sure so, he is. You know, yeah. James, and get off it, sunshine. James, you know, if you need any help, we can we can assist. Get him out. We have some post-production skills. Yep, right I'll there. do it. And I'm also prepared to put all of my pocket money into Avatar merchandise, so that yeah, should be an incentive. I've got an elastic band somewhere that I can probably... <laughs> I might, that might help. So, Bang. back on... Subject. Yes, yes, back to Doctor Th- There Who. was exposition in this episode. Very nicely done. Essential. Just part it was it nicely sometimes. interwoven with the action. Yeah. You know, they were they were kind of explaining things as they were running. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really liked Clara in this. Now uh, you're right. She oh, yeah, she Clara. had a bit of um. Uh, she wants to be praised. You know, at the end when she says, you know, admit it, I was a good doctor, and now. I wonder what your reading of it was because I never really quite got this ending where he says, mm. uh, you know, and it, what does the doctor say? It wasn't about being good or something like that, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's a bit a bit horrible, and she looks kind of crestfallen. And I was uh, every time I've watched it, I'm like, yeah, I still don't get what his meaning is there. So I wonder what yours. I'm putting that to you. I I thought what this was is a kind of pickup of the ongoing question that the doctor's asking himself throughout this season am i a good man mm. you know do i do good is what i do good you know do i make the right choices do i save people do i save more people than i don't save mm. you know it's it and, and that as as much as i dislike to kill the moon that idea is central to that story and in that's because that was only a couple of episodes prior to this one, wasn't it? 
so when you think of this in the kind of um, development of Clara's personality, her, her character development, if you like, we get that moment in Kill the Moon where she slaps him because she's mm. just horrified at what he's done. Mm. And then in Mummy on the Orient Express, we, she comes to understand why he did what he did. And now she comes to, you know, in, in, in Flatline, she gets to be the Doctor and actually do what he does and yeah. make those actual decisions on her own terms because she has to. He's trapped in this shrug and TARDIS. Uh, so there's no option. She's got to go out there and, and do do what the doctor does, which is and it's a it's a good arc. You know, mm, it's, it is, yeah. it's not just about Clara, although it is because she does develop from this. But it's also, I think, also it it, it tries to give us a deeper understanding of what goes through the doctor's mm. mind time after time you know we've never had that in the show before we've never had that sort of um you know that 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 sort of that level of deep introspection that this series of doctor who mm. gave us you know it's, it's 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 quite a thing and to begin that to begin for peter for the 12th doctor to begin with asking himself that question am i a good man you know, it's it's quite something. It's a few mm. words, but it means a lot. And how do you play that? How do you explore that? You know, with with everything Doctor does, and this run of episodes does a job of it. You oh, know, it's, I, th- it's I thought a, this this series good and, and nine were were excellent, and the mm. end of series eight where they're in the cafe and they they hug together and they're both lying to each other and to themselves to an extent as well. I found it. You know, really effective, and and mm. um, I was so pleased that uh, last Christmas wasn't, you know, Clara's last story, and, and that she stayed on because yeah. there was more, uh, for, you know, for, for the pair of them to do together. Uh, yeah, I, I really thought she was going to leave at the end of that. Which, I was, I, th- I think, so she, surprised. Yeah, when she I, came I back, think Jenna right? uh, was due to leave, and then she changed her mind. Mm. That that's why there's another ending tacked onto it when she, you mm. know to, to bring her back into it. Um, and that's a great episode as well. It's like we need to do last Christmas. I've got yeah, huge it, amounts to say. It's about It's like that Inception one. meets Aliens meets. Sort of thing. It's, it's, meets Father Christmas. Yeah, meets of Father course. Christmas. It's, yeah. I, I still can't believe that went out on Christmas Day. I know. Um, yeah, it's quite dark. So let's talk about the Doctor uh, in this one a bit. Okay. This is um, it's it's a bit of an odd um, kind of mash in a way because you know you've got grumpy, mean Doctor and sort of slightly lighter, kind of more you know eleventh Doctor type this moments. This does dance a little dance. Um, but my biggest question about mm. this is when did the Doctor get incredible shrinking and growing hair? <laughs> when? What do you mean? Well, in in the, like the first half of the episode, his hair is, yeah. is sort of quite you know mini quiff tastic. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, suddenly yeah. it goes it's back really to being short. really short. And then, yeah. it, and then it gets bigger again, like between. Cuts. Are you suggesting they might have messed up on the continuity when filming pickups for this episode, like six months further on down the line or something? Yeah, yes, <gasps> that's a shocker. It's straight it's, after it's, Kill the Moon, which doesn't even bother with continuity at all. <laughs> well, there was Sorry. obviously something <laughs> happened. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe it was a technical thing and they had to reshoot parts of uh, yeah, Peter in, in the TARDIS. Or, the, these things don't know. worry me, actually. They they would worry my mum. She would pick up on that and she would just go on to a hate rant about it. But no, I'm not hate ranting. It's just it's so obvious. Story comes first. It's, oh, yeah. No, and the story works absolutely fine. I've just, every time I've watched it, I've been like, why is his mm. hair suddenly short? 
Like it literally makes no sense. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I think he 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 plays it really well again. You know, going what from, the hair? Yeah, I mean it's so well controlled. Um, <laughs> but going from the sort of silly lighter stuff to mm. you know kind of slightly darker again and, and meaner um, and you know he was he was brilliant wasn't he as, as Doctor yeah, and he was so exactly. good with Jenna they they yeah. really played yeah, well off a each lot other. of love for Peter Capaldi and yeah. the 12th Doctor I, I really do I I, I do uh, again as as much as I love the, the, the current era you know I I wish we'd had at least one more 12th Doctor series you know I, I do because I, I just think it, I, I, I say it with all the doctors. To be fair, it's, yeah. it, it's as, and especially this kind of three series rule nonsense. I, yeah, and I've said it on the podcast yeah. before. And I'm repeating myself, but I just you know forget that. Just do it for as long as you as you want to, and just make it more than three years, <laughs> three yeah. seasons. Yeah. You know? I, I would have liked more because they all seem to be just getting good and yeah. getting into it and getting a feel for the character. Yeah, de- and, and definitely. That's it. It's like, right, I'm off now. Do I'd something have, else. Like, I'd have oh, liked more thanks. with um, Jenna and, and Peter. It's always sort of mm. slightly bothered me that Jenna's, uh, Clara's last um, kind of proper uh, on-screen adventure was Sleep No More because it's a bit of an odd odd one. And oh, then, of yeah. course, after that, it's Face the Raven. And prior to Sleep yeah. No More, she spent most of the episode in a Zygon coma thing. And then, of course, she does come come back again at the end yeah. of series nine but you know she, she was sort of not technically there for you know a, a bit of it mm. so I, I would have it's interesting know. when you uh, we, we probably do you know when you think of clara's journey from when she started in asylum of the daleks mm. i mean okay clara not clara then but nonetheless that was when we were first introduced to a mm. character and then we were given those kind of alternate Claras who may or may not have been her mm. and then we finally got the real Clara and then her entire character seemed to turn 90 degrees and then we got the whole impossible girl thing sort of mm. building up and then we get Clara with the 12th Doctor it's like it's almost like she is so many different people yeah. so many and in and I remember when I was first watching this I thought well I just I don't know who she is because it almost felt to me like they were making it up as they went along. That like they had an idea of what who she was going to be in the Matt Smith in the Matt Smith years, and then at some point it just completely changed. It's like okay, we'll do this with her now. Almost like she was a different companion. Well, there was, a and, and it's very difficult to kind of reconcile in my head the Clara we see with the Twelfth Doctor as the same Clara who started. Yeah. who started life with, with well, that, Matt But that's Smith. what I was saying. I think with Matt, she was great, you know, good good fun and bubbly, mm. but she was essentially just a puzzle, you know, to, to how does this yeah. girl exist? Well, um, it didn't make an awful lot of sense to me, to be fair. I mean, I liked it, but yeah, you know, some of these things <laughs> don't really make sense. And then when she starts with Peter, it's it's almost yeah. like that's that's her... Uh, well, and also there's there's beginnings of it in um, Matt's last episode, you know, where she talks to the Time Lords through the the crack and stuff, um, and and she. I think you know, yeah, you're right. Do you know what? Because there's one consistency that, or, or one consistent character trait that Clara has, and it's her support, dedication, defense of the the Doctor. Mm. She stands up for him for like as, nobody's as we business. See in, 
in listen you know she was there when he was a, a little boy in the shed she was teaching him you know if he was a superpower and maybe and that's the thing because when she was kind of splintered through his timeline she would have been the only companion who'd have been with the doctor at various points mm. you know throughout throughout the doctor's history which which always which always kind of worries me why and maybe there's an easy answer for this but why in deep breath she doesn't get that he can be an old man <laughs> she yeah. visits the doctor well, in well, all his reincarnations. She doesn't and then any of freaks those. out when he regenerates into an you know an older looking fella. But she doesn't remember any of her echoes. That's what it is. Yeah, I thought it was just a bit freaking weird to be honest. But it's you know, side but it's, it's things like that that I, I I I suspect turn people off the character in in some ways. Like you know, they are inconsistencies, and you can kind of dress. You, you can find answers for them within the narrative. Probably, you can probably make something up that kind of makes sense. Fan but, <laughs> I was going to say, Jeff, there are children listening, you fucker. Honestly, your language, mate. Terrible. That's I do apologise, children. I'll beat that. Can you guess that word? Anyway, um, I'm, getting, I'm getting bored talking to Clara now. Well, I just get back want, to I the just, episode. I just want to say uh, one thing. Yeah, she was, there was possibly, yeah. but there was a rumour that um, she was going to be, um, you know, the Victorian version and and that was what was going to become the governess yeah and that was going to be oh, the main right, companion yeah, version yeah, yeah. and then it changed yeah. and i'm not quite sure why it, it all changed if that's true if it's true i mean is it true or is it at, false at one point uh coming up to the 50th jenna was the only cast member who was on contract and apparently moffat started writing a version of the 50th script that was just her right. um oh. going through time well, that trying, would to, be trying to find the doctor um, yeah. And then they managed to get Matt to agree to, to stay. So I think with Series A and, and um, you know, a bit of Matt's final one, that's mm. when she started to really kind of become a, a proper solid character. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I would like at some point, if anyone's mm. listening, is a series of big Finnish uh, audios, which are called uh, Clara Oswald Echoes. And it's a series of stories of Jenna with classic doctors. Going through different adventures. Let's be honest, echoed in right? Time. That would make a lot more sense than sending River Song back in time to make different incarnations of the Doctor, which is fine, you know, not, not a problem. But yeah, it would make a lot more sense if it was yeah, Clara. It's, it's justified. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, let's move on from Clara then. Moving um, on. So yeah, overall, flat I, I really enjoyed this episode, and and it is one you know uh, I would go back to again and again and and it was it was fun because i well we watched kill the moon a little while ago didn't we but i haven't watched any yeah. any 12th doctor stuff for a while um and it, uh, you know my personal uh view is series eight and nine are just just awesome so mm. good there's there are so many good stories listen you know in a run listen uh you know mummy on the orient express flatline mm. um you know kill the moon just mm. brilliant Brilliant, and if he's listening, safe space. Who he is? He is wrong about series eight. Is he not a fan of series he's, eight? He's not. No, no. <laughs> I must admit, I, it's not. I'll be honest, Jeff. It's not. It's not my favourite. There are some good stories in there. I just, I don't know. It's it's it is a difficult one with me. And it's it's a purely personal thing. You know, I, some I think, some of um, it's going to land. Some of it. Well, that, that's it. Right? And we've said that before. I think people are sometimes mm. surprised considering my thirteenth uh, Doctor um, crush obsession. 
um, that I like these <laughs> two series that much. Um, but but I really do. I, I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, that's I, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, t- I tell you that I'm going to sort of throw rock into your uh, calm pond of love <laughs> um, because of one thing I, I'd forgotten about. I, I, do you know when I started watching this, I thought I, there was, I knew there was something about this episode that annoyed me before, and as it was unfolding, I thought, no, maybe I just imagined it, you know, because um so i don't know if you sort of just a slight aside here right but i i put a tweet out because i was having a bad day yesterday right? yes i was, getting I was, really cheap I was stuff dreading work and, everything. and every tweet i put out was probably having a go at somebody for something they'd said <laughs> and i do apologize any if anybody was on at the end of any of those things but but then i kind of got a grip on myself and i, I put this jokey poll out saying i'm in a i'm in mm. a bit of a crabby mood shall i actually watch doctor who tonight because if i watch it whatever mood i'm in it's going to inform my enjoyment of it and or should I just watch Peppa Pig and you and Gail <laughs> said I should watch some weird thing from the eighties, which I've no oh, Trapdoor. I can't believe oh, you tra- don't know what Trapdoor is. Mate, I, I was I was in my teens in the eighties. I didn't watch kids TV. I'm older than you. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on track, right? So I knew there was something about this episode that that I I, I didn't like, and but as it's unfolding and then I'm enjoying it and then enjoying it, I thought no, I must have I must have just made it up, and I, I was in a decent mood by then anyway. But then right at the end it came didn't it right the TARDIS lands in a blaze of glory Murray Gold's music swells to almost inspirational orchestral heavenly almost like a gospel choir of salvation there's a blaze of light from the TARDIS beacon it grows it fills the tunnel the doctor steps out he's gonna save the day and what does he do he points his sonic screwdriver and that's the end of it it's like what really after everything all the setup and everything it comes to pointing the flipping sonic screwdriver at them and that's it and i just oh i just give up that's that's what i that's why i think or that's a good illustration of why series eight and nine are not my favorite because there is a massive inconsistency of huge wonderful brilliant epic greatness and on the other hand, the absolute nadir of all the things that Doctor Who can do badly. And they're all mixed up in some of the absolute best and worst stories that I think I've ever seen. Which is, on the whole, I like it because it's adventurous and it's bold and everything else. But when it comes down to things like this, and from you know from Jamie Matheson, who's, who's a great writer, and this is a great episode, but... And I know, I, you know, at the start of this podcast, and I said, you know, we've got 43 minutes to, st- to, to tell a story and wrap everything up. But I think having the Doctor step out in a blaze of salvation or glory and just point his sonic at things is just, it's not for me, I don't think. And, and, and I was left with a very bitter taste in my mouth after that. Go yeah, on. that's yeah. I, I, I liked his speech. I'm the one who stops the monsters. I, 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 I see. Again, maybe if I was impression. if I was younger, I would probably love that. But I found it. Yeah, I'd, I'd had enough. Do you know what? I after after the tenth Doctor had, had been had made a, a career out of doing doing this sort of thing, right? And we still get it here, and it's like we've had years and years and years of this oncoming storm. And you know this this kind of almost like the doctor our salvation, you know the the guy who's just going to step in, wave his magic wand, and save everybody. I think by this point, 
I was kind of hoping that we start to see something different. And, and the stories like Flatline, which are beautifully different and unique in so many ways, end badly for me. You know, Mummy on the Orient Express is another one, actually, because it's a cracking good setup, a really tense, wonderful mm. story with a brilliant conceit at the start of it. Another Jamie Matheson script. Mm. But it ends with the Doctor saying, I forgive you, or something. And then the mummy disappears. It's like, what? Really? Come on. You know, give me something a little bit more challenging than that. So there you go. That that's my that's my take on it. So it, it, it would never be a ten out of ten from me on this one. It might make a five. If so, we were gonna make a oh, only a five. If we were gonna make yeah, a line yeah. well, graph. Four point nine six to be honest. I'll round it up because I'm in a good mood. <laughs> we were going to make a line graph of this episode for you then <laughs> it would just it. peak 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 well, it continues to rise a flat line that then ah! drops at the end see what, yeah. did there? see what i did then amazing drop off a cliff i don't know what was your thoughts on that jeff at the end am i just being um, a, a crabby old well, I, sausage or no or what? no i i sort of understand uh where you're coming from uh i suppose i I like the heroic way he comes out, and um, I, I really you know, yeah, and, and, I, and I'm a bit of a sucker for it, I suppose. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think yeah, if if I was to look at it um, and and be be critical, you know, with a critical eye, you know, it does happen mm. a lot. You know, I remember the Rings of Akerton, You know, the Sonic turns into some sort of Harry Potter magic blasting one thing <laughs> and and you know i, I must admit i do wish i i do hope they're gonna get rid of the sonic because I've, I've had enough of it i mean it's, <laughs> it's not used much i really have it's used very differently in in 13's run i think um well, it's kind of waved at everything rather yes aggressively, but, it, but. but it's not doing uh you know magic blasts and stuff um not that i can remember anyway but i suppose there's a part of me mm. like with with the rings of acton for example where i'm like it's just you know visually it's a it's a sort of you know oh, yeah. it's cool it's a childlike moment of oh, I, I love know. that story I love it's, that it's story beautiful his speech is beautiful yeah. the bit with the leaf that Clara has and I love the, the music yeah the the, the the that singing and the uh, alien mm. prosthetics and stuff you know they really created a, a great uh, kind of uh, alien community there in that one uh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really well done um, some stuff with the TARDIS not liking Clara never really panned out but there you go um, <laughs> yeah. but um, but I, I you know so I, I I often just I enjoy things because they create a response within me and, and, mm. a, and an emotional engagement and it may be you know, it may not be brilliant, but I kind of look yeah. past it because I've enjoyed it, and and I mm. kind of think at the end of it, as if I've enjoyed myself, that's that's really all that matters. Because what's the point in going through life choosing to be miserable? Um, Quite right. So yeah. there we go. Uh, that's that's my. <laughs> that's my that, was, that was beautifully put, my friend. <laughs> well done. I think you're quite right. I have got another piece of something on my note here as well. Can you read what that says? Hold on, I'm just. I was just looking at our comments from listeners. So uh, Clara was amazing. What does that say? <laughs> Danny Pink. Oh, Danny. Maybe this oh, isn't yeah. the right story to talk about Danny Pink because he's not really in it. But no, he's he gets blown out by. But her, let's and... let's just have a quick take yeah. on on Danny Pink for the sake of our listeners because I know he is a very divisive character. Yeah. I think people either love him or they have absolutely no time for him at all. Some think his addition, his presence in the Doctor Who universe, is a worthy addition, and the the universe is brighter by his inclusion within it. Others think that he ought to go jump down a very deep hole i think so where are you on that spectrum jeff uh 
the listeners need to know? I think Danny's fine. I, th- I think it created... It, it was trying to create uh, tension and, and drama. Mm. You know, he, he wants to be with uh, Clara. He's jealous to an extent and wary of the Doctor. He, he in the Doctor, uh, you know, immediately doesn't like him, doesn't think he's he's good enough for, for Clara. Mm. Um, so they've got this kind of bickery thing, you know, between them. I think uh, Clara likes him and the sort of normality of it, but I think she wants more adventure. You know, she she loves that life. I mean, she sort of gets. See, we're her... talking about Clara now. We're not talking about Danny Pink. Oh, suddenly. sorry, sorry. We've, very, we've gone on to Clara. Very though. confused. <laughs> very confused. Just um, crept up and it was a slight hand, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. Look at that. Um, it all, all roads lead back to Clara. Um, <laughs> so I, th- I think he, you know, he was he was fine. Uh, I mean, the bit when mm. he, he gets, uh, you know, knocked down and, and run over was quite a shocker. And and I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it probably could, you know, he he was, I liked him, he was fine, but it probably could have been handled a bit better. I think it's it's probably one of those things, I say it could have been handled better, that's probably not quite true. If Doctor Who was 20-something episode series like mm. most American TVs, <clears throat> a lot of these uh, yeah. you know, arcs would play out... Uh, over a longer period and mm. be able to be more well-defined, but they're trying to fit quite... Uh, adult, in a way, uh, topics and themes into this series uh, in a show that also needs to appeal to kids as well. Um, and it's has, a family show. It is a family show and has a limited runtime per episode mm-hmm. um, and is, you know, more, I was going to say more concerned, but I don't think that's quite right, but with science fiction, aliens, adventure, etc., than jealous boyfriends and stuff. Yeah, see, I. It's interesting, this one, because I think in this episode, I can't remember, it's right at the start again when Clara's grabbing all her stuff. She says something about Danny Pink being a little bit possessive, mm. and she's okay with that. You know, I, I can't remember the exact words, but that's the whole point of her grabbing her things so she can dump them in his flat. So she's got some presence within his life, which mm. he kind of seems to demand. And I just, I don't know, I just, I, I just didn't like that. At all, yeah. You know, I thought, uh, and I and must then, admit, I do kind of wonder what what she actually saw in him because he just comes across as a bit of well, a wet blanket. You me, know, but. for me, it, yeah, it's a bit like the Rory and Amy thing. You know, Amy is feisty <laughs> and you know brave <laughs> yeah. and smart and all of those kind of Ooh, words, much like Clara. And then Rory is none of those things. And and I would never, I never believed. Amy and Rory as a as a couple just didn't work, and same with uh, Danny and and Clara to an extent, um, and also like the, the bit later on, which you know sort of slightly play for laughs, but he's phoning mm-hmm. her from the park bench, and she's just like, uh, oh yeah, I can't make it rain check, and she's making all these kind of suggestive <clears throat> noises while swinging mm-hmm. on the thing, and and he's like. Oh, what's going on there? And he's just kind of like, oh, this is, you know, I'm all right about this, you know. You might, yeah. do, you know, and uh, yeah, okay, ha ha, chuckle, chuckle. But you know, it's sort of a bit, you know, he, he's yeah, he's just a bit doormat about it. You know, he's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it, it, you know, no, no uh, slight on Samuel. I think he he plays it all well, but uh, you know, with with another couple of episodes, it, it could have perhaps been integrated a bit. 
a bit better maybe yeah maybe 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 that's a good summary as any so what have our what have our listeners been saying about this episode Jeff? so our first tweet is from matthew who's at disciple of brad uh i'll just say quickly um matthew was extremely excited about the kevin mcnally podcast and was really chuffed that we uh, asked uh uh, his question uh to kevin uh which which was lovely um so he says one of my favorite episodes of all time the relationship between 12 and clara is at its best and it highlights it's the humour that people tend to forget Series 8 is filled with. Which, good point. Yeah, it's yes, good point. There is yeah. a lot of humour within the kind of introspection and the darkness and everything. Mm. Um, so we've got another one from Philip <clears throat> Marsh here, whose username is one of my favourite types of usernames, this one. Has at, he got lots of underscores? No, it's just got lots of numbers. At Philip M04217017. <laughs> but Philip says, my favourite Capaldi story, and by some distance, my only criticism that I wish it had been a two-part season finale is I think the concept would have sustained it. Oh, so that's, that's an idea. That's quite an interesting idea, mm. yeah. Um, so, you know, perhaps, you know, the, the end bit might have been resolved slightly differently. You know, And maybe less exposition as well. Mm. Yes. So we've got one from Gail Wright here, who's at Mealy Garage. Brilliant episode. Gail. Love the concept of the boneless and the shrinking of the TARDIS. Yeah. Great characters, a highlight of Series 8. Um, and she also says, and the boneless are my son's equal favourite baddie, along with the wire. Oh, uh, with the wire from Idiot's Lantern. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh. Um, so Dave Rennie, who's at Hemovores he- Russ, says, there was a lot of great <laughs> moments in this. The attacks by the boneless appearing on the wall, the Doctor's hand being Thing getting off the train track. Mm, uh, the that doctor's, is hilarious. Yeah, I, I love that We gag. didn't mention that. I love the way yeah, his, his nose is poking out of the TARDIS when he's talking mm. to, to Clara. And, and he puts there there are some, out. we didn't mention this, did we? But no. there are some really great visuals, visual gags in this. Yeah. And it's pure Stephen Moffat almost. Yeah, I, I know it's written it's, by Jamie Matheson, but written to Moffat's sensibilities and yeah. pulling the sledgehammer out of the handbag. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's the classic, isn't it? You know, cartoon Mary Poppins type thing yes. just produce all this stuff because yeah. he's handing it to her. It's great fun. Um, there's another one from Bex.DWMad, who's uh, at Bex.DWMad. Uh, this is my boy's favourite 12 and Clara episode. He is uh. 10. I love it too, so it's one of our most watched episodes. I particularly like Clara pretending to be the doctor. I mm. love Clara. Um, Safe Space Who, who's at Safe Space Doctor Who, says definitely one of my favourite stories in Series Eight. I adore the concept, and it was so nice to see the companion take the lead on this one. So that, that goes against what I said earlier about Safe Space, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure he doesn't like the rest of the series. <laughs> um, Stephen Goss, who's at S Goss writes, says this one duels with extremists for the honour of being my favourite Capaldi. Oh yeah, I episode. did see that tweet. Yeah, because um, I, I was thinking we should do the whole monk trilogy on yes i saw you talking about that with, mm. with gail yeah uh, i fondly remember watching it at uni before my fresher term and thinking why haven't they done just, 2d aliens before this is great makes me feel old <laughs> there wasn't any doctor who around when i were at you and no. apart from in virgin new adventures books <laughs> it was a wilderness Wilderness years. Yeah. Um, Tony Filer, who's at Filer Wright, says years later, Flatline still more than stands up as a highlight of Series 8 and a thrilling yeah. example of Earth based alien peril stories updated to deliver genuine scares in the jaded 21st century. Ooh. The boneless are a creepy idea executed with real Pertwee era style flair. Yes! 
Yes, totally agree with that one. Yeah, yeah, they do feel like a Pertwee monster, mm. don't they? Yeah, I that could, I of... could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, don't I don't know how they'd have realised that in 1972 or 73 or something. No, would be interesting to see Barrettes yeah. do some CSO colour screen. Only. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really the yellow green fringes because yeah. we're we're going to do green. Uh, we're going to do yellow. Who yeah. wears yellow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I've got one more here from Carla Godfrey, uh, who's yep. at Carla Godfrey. Love flatline. It took their relationship to another level. He trusted her, and she found it funny mm. to begin with, which is true. She she did. Um, Good point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, quite a lot of, of love for. In fact, no no kind of negative comments about it at all there. So yeah, I think this is one that people people have seemed to really enjoy. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's been great yeah. going back to it, and uh, I'm always happy to spend time <coughs> with Twelve and Clara. So, yeah, thank yeah. you to everyone who commented and, and voted. Um, so, Paul, we should probably put another vote out for pick an episode, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. Do you think we should... Um, oh, well, which Doctor should we look at? Because we've done two Capaldi ones now. Maybe we should give the Twelfth Doctor a little rest. Yeah. And maybe go further back in time. To Eleven. Yeah, we do new eleven. Yeah, I think okay. eleven's a good idea. Yeah, let's do It's been a that. long time since I saw some Matt Smith yeah. episodes. My only um, um proviso is it's a Clara episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> no <not really. laughs> Just stop. Any excuse just to get Clara on your telly. Yeah. And have it justified. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's home. I'm watching it for a podcast, love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clara again. <laughs> So, Perhaps yeah. uh, we'll do an 11 So we'll, we'll have a discussion about our favourites And then we'll have yeah, yeah. a poll <clears throat> So thank you as always for listening and, Yes um, indeed we, we hope you've enjoyed the episode Let us know what you thought of our thoughts of, of Flatline And uh, if you haven't already tweeted us yours Please do And uh, Please we'll, do, yes we'll Catch do you that. next time on Who Corner to Corner Oh that was good, that was very professional oh, You're getting good at this mate Yeah, yeah. I know. yeah. Mm, Impressive <laughs> I'll buck up, buck up my ideas. <laughs>